There's certainly a lot of motivation for integrating health and planning. There's interest, there's some acknowledgement of it as an issue, but there are very often just some questions of like, okay, that's interesting to me, I think that's important, how do I do that? Welcome to Infinite Earth Radio. We believe that in a world of finite natural resources, a smart and sustainable future is only possible by lifting up people and unleashing unlimited human potential. Infinite Earth Radio will not only help you learn from bright, visionary civic leaders who are building smarter, more inclusive and sustainable communities, but you'll discover how you can bring these ideas to your community. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Hancocks and Vernice Miller-Travis. Welcome back to Infinite Earth Radio, where we talk with thought leaders and change agents who are transforming the future by building smarter, more sustainable, and more equitable communities. This is your host, Mike Hancocks, and this is the latest in a series of podcasts recorded at the 2017 New Partners for Smart Growth Conference held in St. Louis, Missouri. Before we get to today's podcast, I want to take a minute and put a quick plug in for something Michael Green and our friends at Kaba are involved with. To raise awareness for carbon pricing as a solution to our urgent climate crisis, Kaba is working with Climate X Change to raffle off six amazing prizes on July 4th, 2017. The grand prize is an awesome Tesla Model S sedan or Model X SUV, worth about $120,000. Plus, they'll pay the federal income tax of $40,000 on the prize, so you walk away with the uh, new Tesla without any uh, cost. In addition, there's amazing second and third prizes. They will help you buy an early Tesla Model 3 with a reservation, deposit, cash, and a federal income tax payment. Plus, three other additional cash prizes are available. There are only 2,500 tickets available, so if you're interested, go to climate, the letter X, change, raffle.org. Our topic today is how to develop a national healthy communities platform and better incorporate public health considerations in the local government planning process. My co-host today is Paul Zykowski. Hi, Mike. Paul is the Associate Director of the Local Government Commission. Paul, you want to introduce our guests? Uh, we have the pleasure today of having uh, Miguel Vasquez, Healthy Communities Urban and Regional Planner with Riverside University Health System Public Health. That's a mouthful there. And Eric Calloway, a senior planner with Change Lab Solutions, both from California. Miguel, of course, down in Riverside County, and Eric is in the Bay Area in Oakland. Nice. So, gentlemen, we'd like to start off by letting our audience know a little bit about uh, the, our guests. So, can you tell us? How did you guys come to be working on healthy communities issues? Well, first, thank you for the invitation to be part of this podcast. I'll start, and my journey has been kind of strange in the sense that I'm an urban planner, as Paul mentioned, but urban planners typically don't work for public health departments. Now, a conference like the New Partners for Smart Growth Conference has provided a, an open door for everyone to understand each other. So my boss, Michael Osher, he saw that connection of public health and planning, and at some point he decided to hire a planner 
So somebody said, hey, there's an opportunity. Would you be interested in applying for it? So I went for it, and here I am. Fantastic. It's great. It's great to hear that the conference has opened up connections and got people thinking in different ways. Eric? Yeah, I have also have an urban design background, urban design land use consulting firm. And over the years, one identified that urban planning and land use planning topics are health topics, but also identifying some areas where certain things were falling through the cracks with the projects that we were doing as it related to just business as usual for cities. So I began looking for other opportunities to address some of those topics, uh, affordable housing and representative community outreach and equity. And so that was how I came to Change Lab Solutions, which focuses on that intersection that in particular addresses those areas of health that overlap with planning in ways that historically have not been part of more recent urban design practice. Can you share for a second with folks what Change Lab is? Change Lab Solutions is a nonprofit organization. Our mission is uh, healthier communities through law and policy. And so we work at the intersection of uh, health departments, uh, municipalities, planning departments, public works departments, as well as with advocacy groups to help communities integrate health into their everyday actions of, of planning, land use planning, community outreach, complete streets. So we do model policies, we do technical assistance, and we help communities build their own capacity to transform themselves. Mm-hmm. So we, um, we see on the program, and actually I, I knew about this before the program came out, that there is going to be a session on Saturday to uh, basically develop a national healthy communities platform. And I think this was a brainchild of these folks down in Riverside. So, Miguel, you probably know a little bit more about this. Can you tell us what this platform is, what the goal is? And, and you know, I know Eric's on the session. I'm going to be doing a little bit of, of the, the um, facilitation as well. Certainly. As I mentioned before, my boss, again, Michael Lozier, he's sort of the architect of all this, if you will. He, he did some work with Paul a few years ago in one of our communities in Coachella where there is a significant need in terms of infrastructure, jobs, education, etc., etc. One of the most disadvantaged communities in, in the state, which is in Coachella, in the Coachella area where... The music festival happens. In yeah, it's not the people who show up at the music no, festival. No, no, no. people who live there. <laughs> I see. Okay. In, in, a, little, in a, little, a little town called Mecca. There's Mecca. And that project was crucial in terms of opening, again, that collaboration between planners and public health professionals. But the, the interesting thing is, is that the public health people were leading the effort. It was highly unusual. So as a result of that... They began to develop different components to their approach, including policies. We included a health element into our master plan. A master plan is the constitution for development for every city and county, at least in California. So now there's a policy that is specifically and <laughs> explicitly talks about health. Now, in Riverside County, we're responsible for the health of 2.3 million people, and the statistics have shown that 63% of our deaths are related to mainly three major conditions. They have to do with cancer, respiratory conditions, and diabetes. And they are correlated to three behaviors. Behaviors are actually 
given by the places in which you live, work, play, and learn, and they are how much physical activity you have, opportunities for that, mm-hmm. access to healthy foods and vegetables and, and clean water, and smoking. So as a result of that, we have been collaborating with many organizations, not only in Riverside, but also across the state, hence why the Local Government Commission is one of those groups that have been part of or work and change lab solutions. We are a microcosm of something that is happening happening nationally. There's organizations that are bonding together to enhance the health of our country because they we notice that there's this efforts going on and everyone is kind of talking the same thing. We saw the need to bring them together and create a cohesive narrative that can help us to continue to support this work, which didn't be begin in, in Riverside County, began 30 years ago, many years ago when that, you know, leading practitioners in public health began to talk about so, that intersection. So bring us down to, so what's the National Healthy Communities Platform? Is that going to be a document, a strategy? Yes. It, it will be a document that hopefully will include actions. We don't know what that is because it's, we're inviting organizations to develop it. We don't have a prescription, but there are many models out there, including the, the tools that Eric mentioned. There's plenty of information already out there that can help us educate and bring other voices that haven't been part of this. So, Eric, why, why is there a need for a National Healthy Communities Platform? Well, I think, kind of building on what Miguel said, if you imagine somebody goes to the doctor and their doctor says that they have some health problem and they need to, they need to walk more or they need to eat healthier, but then go back to that, that patient and say, okay, well, maybe they can't walk because their community doesn't have sidewalks or maybe they can't eat healthy because they don't have any grocery stores that sell healthy food. Or maybe they have healthy grocery stores, but they can't afford that food because they don't have quality jobs. Um, or because a developer doesn't want doesn't, isn't going to build that healthy grocery store in that community. Or maybe a developer wants to build that healthy community store, but the zoning that they have doesn't allow it. Or maybe, uh, you know, there are all these different issues that essentially make it difficult for people to have those healthy lifestyles and those healthy behaviors. So how is the National Healthy Communities Platform going to address that? How is that going to solve that problem? I think that a National Healthy Communities Platform can provide some clarity to those various sectors, development sector, planning, municipalities, health departments, so that the actions that they do, they're aware of what other sectors play, what role that they play in supporting their own outcomes, and so that everybody, when they're doing their work, can all be kind of aligned and heading in the same direction. So, so stepping back a little bit from the platform itself, you know, these, this movement around healthy communities has been around now for a while. It's probably had its, I think it's, it's had its ups and downs, funding comes and goes, uh, foundations get engaged, they drop off. Um, how would you evaluate the, the sort of the state of the healthy communities movement today? I think some of the things that we've seen, uh, especially in some of the kind of regional convenings, health and planning convenings that we participated in recently, is that there's certainly a lot of motivation for integrating health and planning. There's interest. There's some acknowledgement of it as an issue. But there are very often just some questions of like, okay, that's interesting to me. I think that's important. How do I do that? 
What do I do next? What's the most important thing to do? Or even just, who do I talk to? I work in a planning department. I don't even know who at the health department I should, I should go to. Um, so I think that it, it can, that where we are is knowledge of the issue, but needing some assistance to kind of push over the hump and make the connections to do that multi-sectoral coordination. From my perspective, I started doing this job about six years ago, mm-hmm. and there wasn't much mm-hmm. compared to what we have today. In my opinion, it's exploding, mm-hmm. and because there's a ton of people, like the people who are coming here to this conference that understand the value of health, we were just having a brief conversation around the idea of prevention. When you know that certain things that will cost you down the road uh, more than what you can afford, you will think about it twice. And you will do certain things so that you can save from the grief of going down the line without decision. So prevention is key to our work. And I think the conversations around job creation, housing, education, these ideas that we know as the social determinants of health and Eric can explain a little more about what that means, I think are propelling the impetus for this healthy communities movement at a national level. And I think it's also beyond our, our own boundaries. I think other nations are recognizing the value of staying healthy. So um, we're going to be having this session in a few days. What do you hope comes out of the, the healthy platform, healthy communities platform? I think, number one, having the opportunity to say that we came together. A a symposium like this or an effort like this happened in the 1980s, and that's where we borrowed the title, Mm. Beyond Healthcare. Mm -hmm. So we're kind of taking that over and kind of revitalizing it or Mm -hmm. reigniting it. That's what we're doing. So, So one of the goals, we are already meeting it by virtue of being here together in having this conversation. The second thing is to be able to sense what are those issues that are important to these particular practitioners and advocates that are coming to the conference that could be included in this document. And the third is to start chiseling down what people said and include other organizations and representatives that were not able to attend the conference. So that next year, hopefully, we'll have something to show and ratify by everyone who participated. You mentioned the social, I think, social determinants of health. Eric, is there a particular framework? Are there certain categories of consideration that should be, will be thought about in the platform? Yeah, I mean, there are, there are several breakdowns of what the social determinants of health are, so there's no specific list necessarily that everybody agrees upon. But one of the things that having, a, having this uh, platform can provide is a, you know, maybe a more consistent language that different sectors and different practitioners are using to talk about the same thing. Economic status, race segregation, then also physical environment, walkability, infrastructure, access to jobs, education. These are all social determinants of health. So if I'm a planner in a community and I want to start addressing these issues, 
where would you point me? Like if I, you, you run into me at a conference, I'm a planner from another community, I think you're brilliant, love your ideas, want to go back and do something. It's very generous of you. <laughs> I, I didn't say I was savvy, I just said I thought you were brilliant. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. So what's my first step? What, what would you recommend to me? Where do I get started? Well, I think there's two ways to go about that. The first would be either you as an individual or something that you know in your community that is of importance, something that you or people who or your constituency can get behind. So maybe your community knows that there's an issue with lack of sidewalks, or maybe you know that your community is very passionate about bicycling. Then I would go and identify the large number of resources that are out there that that cities or health departments can use in order order to make their community more walkable or more bike friendly. If it's less specific to a specific issue like that and it's more about generally, I totally see that, I want to address the social determinants of health, then I would start with something more like a health and all policies toolkit, uh, which is a perspective, it's a framework for how to essentially create a coalition, a committee that has representatives from health department, municipality, local advocacy groups, community residents, police fire, whatever organizations are relevant, to get together and just start meeting each other and uh, talking to each other about what work do I do and how does it relate to your work, and then that group can identify the issues and that that community needs to address and what strategies it can do to address those. And repeat the name of that resource. Uh, Health and All Policies. It's a, a strategy essentially just about how a, a community can integrate health in all of the different activities that it undertakes. And do you know where people might find that? Change Lab Solutions has a, a Health and All Policies How to get, uh, Getting Started Guide, I think it's called, or a Health and All Policies Toolkit. It's easily available from our website, changelabsolutions.org. Great. Yeah, and actually at the state level, California, I think, pioneered this. Yeah. I'm not sure if they were the first, but I think the term may have come out of some of the yeah, state Yeah, we, uh, we worked with California on their Health and All Policies Task Force. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's also uh, a good place that you could go to kind of see Health and All Policies in action, especially at the state level, which is a little bit, I think, less common than it is for municipalities right. to engage in that. Right. This Healthy Communities Platform is gonna, seems like a heavy lift. Clearly... You know, there's a lot of obstacles that we can face, you know, we can see sort of ahead of us. What, what are some of the ones that you're, both of you are looking at as being most challenging as, if we want to move this forward? I mean, on one level, it seems like the time has come. You know, this is sort of the right moment to be doing this. Planners understand, starting to understand these issues more and more. I remember doing a session at a conference, not this one, but another conference about 15 years ago on this topic, and almost nobody showed up because it was just so alien. Now we're seeing a lot more understanding. The new Partners Conference obviously has been integrating health into these planning issues for you know 16 years. But now looking forward, what are the challenges we're going to face as we, we try to push this? I think the first one will be more operational, meaning once we leave after the forum, mm-hmm. what do we do with this information? Who is going to do it? Because that is actual work that requires funding. <laughs> yeah. We have been you know, pulling resources from here and there to be able to get to this point. Mm -hmm. But the heavy lifting, it's after the forum. Mm -hmm. So we have a a core group of of advisors that will help us to strategize. I think depending on how successful we are on Saturday, we'll be able to sense which way we need to go in, you know, to what scale. Mm -hmm. 
if we truly want to address, I don't know, 40 organizations that we have already identified, you know, who do we, who is the right person to talk to? And that individual needs to talk to their members, if they're like, uh, I don't know, the Congress for the Urbanism, for instance. And the members, they need to provide feedback to develop this, this document. And just to give you an idea, I think at the end of the day, it could probably be something like the Awani Principles, which is one of the foundation uh, documents for, for this conference. I think it could mirror that, but developing a synthesis of all this information is going to be, it's going to be pretty tasking, I think. Mm-hmm. It's pretty complicated thinking, you know, I mean, if, if just thinking about, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to, say, theoretically come up with 10 bullet points that addresses the most important aspects of health in every aspect of the way communities work, from government institutions to private developers, healthcare practitioners, all of those sectors have lots of things that are important right. to them. And so the work of synthesizing that, I think, um, is definitely uh, will be a challenge. But as you say, one that I think it's time that, that mm-hmm. we really tackle. Um, and then logistically moving forward, having something that's more than just a list of 10 principles, but something that's actionable. So in terms of developing the principles, having representatives from all of those sectors participate throughout the process to make sure that all of their important and interesting ideas are incorporated, Mm -hmm. but also that it's developed in a way that it then doesn't just get kind of placed down and ratified, and then everybody goes back and does their individual work. Mm -hmm. Seems like a daunting task. Yes, but... If it wasn't hard, it would have happened already. (laughs) But the good news is that if we look, for instance, at the work that the American Planning Association is doing with the American Public Health Association, Mm -hmm. they have already sort of set the table for us. Mm -hmm. So this is a component of their collaboration. They have an initiative called Planning for Health, which has been developed to create coalitions Mm -hmm. of many different organizations like the one we envision at a much larger scale, and they're coming up with a new initiative called Planners for Health, which essentially means providing them with information and the tools like health and all policies and other types of uh, resources that they can tap into to understand and explain to the decision makers, to the private sector, to community members, etc., etc., why health it's so important in everything we do. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's our mere humanity, mm-hmm. you know, our health. Mm-hmm. And that's what brings everyone together, whether you are rich, poor, black, white, anything. We all have our humanity just given by our health. Fantastic note to end the show on. Is there anything else that you want to share with the audience or any place, a website you want them to go to or... For people who are listening, it would be good if they could connect to the conference's website. There is a link under the forum so that they can follow what happened afterwards if they were not able to attend. Mm-hmm. We, will, we are going to be communicating via a website that we designed specifically for this work of the National Healthy Communities Platform. Fantastic. 
Eric and Miguel, thank you so much for taking your time to be with us today. Thanks a lot. Thank and you. thanks for doing all the great work that you're doing. Paul, thank you so much. My pleasure, once again. And thank you all for listening. We look forward to seeing you next time on Infinite Earth Radio. Infinite Earth Radio is a podcast produced by Skio in association with the Local Government Commission. To learn more about Skio, Infinite Earth Radio guests, or how you can make a difference in your community, visit our website at infiniteearthradio.com. Or join us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash Infinite Earth Radio and Twitter by following at Infinite Earth Radio.